to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend, A.A. Ron. Hope everyone is doing well. It is... What is today? January 31st, 2024. Moving kind of slow this morning, but hey. Yeah, it's 4.58 in the morning. About to get going. All right. Growing opposition. Yeah, Mark chapter 7, KJV. Then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes which came from Jerusalem. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say, with unwashing hands, they found fault for the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they washed their hands oft, eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. And when they come from the market, except they wash, they eat not, and many other things there be which they have received to hold, as the washing of cups and pots, brazen vessels, and of tables. And the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why not? Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashing hands? He answered and said unto them, What hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me? Ooh. How be it in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines and <clears throat> the commandments of men, for laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the, the tradition of men as the washing of pots and, and cups and many other such like things ye do. And ye said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition. For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, and whoso curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, if a man shall say to his father or mother, it is Corman, that is to say, a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. And ye suffer him no more to do aught for his father or his mother, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which ye have delivered, and many such like things do ye. And when he had called all the people unto him, he said unto them, Hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand there is nothing from without a man entering into him can defile him but the things which come out of him those are they that defile the man if any man have ears to hear let him hear that statement always makes me think like <laughs> whoever has ears to hear let him hear <sighs> like hey some of y'all are gonna get this and really let this digest. Some of y'all just going to keep on going with your lives. And pretend like you never heard anything that was just said. Or like, yeah, take the time to like really understand what I'm saying here. I care more. Basically, I care more about your heart than all these external things that y'all care about. That's how I read that. Anyway, verse 17, and when he was entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. And he saith unto them, are ye so without understanding also? Do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him? Because it entereth not into his heart, but into the belly and goeth out into the drought, purging all meats. Hmm. And he said that. Hmm. And he said, that which cometh out of the man that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart, 
of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lavishness, an evil eye. It's interesting. People wear evil eyes. Necklaces to, uh, they believe, to ward off evil spirits, but it really is a portal open door to that stuff. We don't need no evil eyes. We we don't even really need to wear a cross. We just need Jesus on our hearts. What was the last recording I called it? Uh, Inscribed hearts or what did I call the last recording, y'all? Engraved hearts. There you go. That's what I called it when I talked about Exodus 36, Exodus 30 something. All these things are in our hearts, y'all. Adulteries, evil, evil thoughts, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lavishness, and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. Hmm. Tyre and Sidon, or Tyre and Sidon. And from thence he arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into an house and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid for a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, heard of him and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. Ooh, this is a good one. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. I've said this so many times, y'all. I eventually want to do a whole series about the unnamed people in the Bible, the people that just amazing like little stories they're only in there for like a blurb right like this but this you can get so much out of their example like we talked about the woman who touched the hem of jesus's garment just a powerful story the woman at the well powerful story powerful stories right and we don't even know their names we just know that she was a syrophoenician she was greek she was greek and of the Syrophoenician nation. And her daughter had a demon inside of her that he wanted she wanted Jesus to cast out. And Jesus like she, she's so humble. Here we go, verse twenty eight. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. Even the dogs are humble enough to eat the children's crumbs. Now, why Jesus said what he said to her, I still don't fully understand. I don't know if he was testing her to see if she would like snap back. Like, how dare you? (laughs) Who are you to say something like that to me? You know, which a lot of Americans, especially Americans, people from the United States, men and women, 
with look at Jesus side eye like how dare he talk to me like that you know I came to you for a healing and you and that's your response to me but no she responded in humility that's the ultimate lesson I get out of this this story verse 29 and he said unto her for this saying go thy way the devil is gone out of thy daughter basically I see your heart and because you responded in humility, boom. Humility and faith. Your daughter's healed. It's just another example of how, like, our actions impact other people. And I don't think we fully understand, like, even now, like, I know my decisions and choices and actions have impacted my children and other people, but I don't know the extent of how the depth of that too. And it goes both ways. Your actions that, not just your bad actions, of disobedience toward God, but also your actions of obedience. It all, and ultimately, Jesus is perfection. Putting our trust and our hope in him. Because like when I look at if I put my hope in myself and my own actions, mm, I'm in trouble. But when I put my hope and faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross, then that's my only hope. Cause if I sat here and took an assessment of all of the bad things that I've done and all the good things that I've done and say, All right, God, here's what I have to offer. Uh, and Anyway, there's so much more that could be said about this, but I'm just going to keep going. Verse 30, and when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone out and her daughter laid upon the bed. And here's another example of like a situation where, isn't it interesting, we just read in Mark, Mark 6, yeah. The, the man, he came to Jesus. His daughter was in bed. She He thought she was dead. Everybody thought she was dead, but she wasn't. She was sleeping. There's something, a connection between all these stories. And the order of them. There's a message behind them. Hmm. And remember before that, there was the one man who had the legion of demons inside of him that Jesus cast out and went into the, they went into the pigs. Hmm. I'm just going to let that marinate for a while. Let's keep going. Coast of Decapolis. And again, verse 31. And again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came unto the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis, and they bringing into him one that was deaf, and had an impediment in his speech, and they beseech him to put his hands upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers into his ears, and he spit and touched his tongue. He and Jesus basically gave him, they gave him a, a wet, this guy, a wet willy. Which is wild, because there was a guy in the NBA the other day who gave... 
somebody a wet willy. Oh, it's gone the Lakers. I can't remember his name. He got ejected for giving another player a wet willy. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers into his ears and he spit and touched his tongue. Well, I guess Jesus didn't technically give him a wet willy. He just put his finger into his ears. And then he spit and touched the man's tongue. Now, my question is, did he spit on his finger before he touched his tongue? That would be strange. And looking upon, looking up to heaven, he sighed and saith unto him, Ephaphatha, and ooh, that is, be opened. And straightway his ears were opened, and the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spake plain. And he charged them that they should tell no man, but he, but the more he charged them so much, the more a great deal they published it. And were beyond measure astonished, saying, He had done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Wow. So I don't think Jesus gave the man a wet willy. At first glance, I was like, hmm, wet willy. My question is, though, did he spit on his finger and then put it on the man's tongue? This is some uh, powerful stuff here. So he cast out a demon out of a girl. And he wasn't even there to do it. I mean, he didn't go to the girl physically to cast out the demon, which is an example of how we don't necessarily have to be present or lay hands on people. Like all this, I'm sorry, y'all, but some of this come out in the name of the Jesus videos and stuff out here. And some of this deliverance ministry stuff that's out here, I feel like a lot of it is like gimmick, very gimmicky. And... Don't get me wrong. We need to be praying for folks and casting demons out of folks and praying for people's deliverance from filling the blank, whatever they're they're dealing with. But here's a perfect example of like where Jesus wasn't present. He wasn't he didn't lay his hands on this woman. I mean, this young girl. He and I don't even think he did any like special prayer, like a whole like list. You know how like if you, I don't know if you've ever been a part of a deliverance ministry and they have you go through a whole list of things to pray through. It's like this whole special prayer. And Jesus basically said, "You're what does he say?" He just said, go thy way. The devil is gone out of thy daughter. I mean, I know we're not Jesus, right? But, and we, I need, hopefully, yeah, eventually we're going to run into some more examples of deliverance that occurred in the Bible. Demons being cast out of folks. 
by the disciples. But here in this example, we don't see any special prayer. We don't see any laying on of hands. It was like by the it was the act of the woman's faith coming on coming to Jesus. There's something about all right. So it's more. I guess, and I could be wrong here. What I get from this, or what my in, interpretation of this overall, like overall interpretation about this particular part of the Bible, the scripture, is like God, like whenever, like almost the person, the person who needs deliverance has to want it more than the people praying for them. The person that has the need has to want it more. And then sometimes it requires a family member or a friend or another Christian to want the deliverance more than that person. And so it's home. All right, here. Oh, yes, there we go. Intercession. This woman basically, in my in my personal opinion, was interceding for her daughter. Her daughter's there laying in bed, couldn't do anything, right? Unable to leave, you know, daughters at home possessed by this demon, right? And here's her mom went and hunted down Jesus. Who knows how long, how many miles she walked just to go find Jesus, right? hunts him down and then when she gets there probably didn't get the answer she thought but she still was she was like you know what I ain't worried about the words I don't care more about the deliverance for my daughter um and I'm willing to humble myself and do whatever it takes to for her healing and boom humility this is an example of like humility faith and intercession how when we come to Jesus with humility and faith and intercede on behalf of somebody else, right? They can experience deliverance. Deliverance is what I'm saying. Ultimately, deliverance doesn't always look the way we, the way it's been portrayed in movies and on TV and in, in, in some church services, right? So, and at the end of the day, Jesus is our source of deliverance and healing and restoration. Not the person doing the prayer, not the priest, the pastor, the bishop. He's He or she is just a vessel that Jesus can work through. But the minute we start thinking that we're like these special people that have the anointing and the power... I'm not gonna name no names, but y'all know what was what's going been going on out there in them in these Christian churches and streets, and on the on the on the on the internet, the wide world web. I ain't got to say a whole lot about that. Y'all know what's out there. As soon as those folks start thinking, even myself included, any of us start thinking that some something special about us, right? As the as the old folks say, as soon as you start smelling yourself and thinking and get getting full of pride, hey, that anointing, 
that out that that being that vessel of the Lord, it can be snuffed out just like that. So, um, Jesus is the source. We're just the vessels. Is there anything else I want to pull out of here or cover? Again, there was a lot in the beginning about honoring your father and your mother and just what defiles a man. Because, yeah, the Pharisees try to come and attack. The disciples saying they don't wash their hands. <laughs> Speaking of, there's a lot of folks. I don't know uh, what happened after COVID, but everybody went back to these guys. I like, go into the bathroom. They went back to not washing their hands. How can you just go in the bathroom, use the bathroom, and then walk out without washing your hands? I just don't get it. Just It takes like one minute. At least 30 seconds, y'all. Just put some soap in your hands, rub your hands together, rinse. I pray to God COVID never comes back, but we need to bring back the things that people did, and some at least the hand-washing part. But anyway, it's just interesting that Jesus was talking about how it's not the outward that defiles a man. It's the inner, inward, the heart. The Pharisees cared more, once again, more about the actions, the outward actions and looking clean on the outside rather than clean, being clean on the inside. Ice cream, paint job. <laughs> that was an old song. Back in the... When I was in middle school, clean on the inside, clean on the outside. Ice cream, paint job. Anyway, alright y'all. Thanks for listening. Until next time, uh, we'll be back in Exodus. Keep trying to do one of these a day. And uh, in the meantime, y'all can check out CTB. Psalm 16 and Psalm 17 are out. If you look up Chew the Bible on iTunes and Spotify and like type in like CTB Psalm 16, Psalm 17. It will pop up on um, wherever you get your music. It's just me reading the Bible with background music. Um, my goal is to get all the way through all the Psalms. And then eventually I plan on doing all, all 31 Proverbs. Yeah, all 150 Psalms and then all 31 Proverbs. And I think that's it. I don't I was gonna I was planning on reading reading the entire Bible with instrumental background music, but uh yeah I don't know about that. We'll see. That's if I do that project, I'm going to need to be able to like not have to do Uber um or shoot do any type of work for an extended period of time. So anyway, till next time, I'll holla. Thanks for listening. God bless you. Keep chewing that Bible.
Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody, everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you never asked Jesus into your heart, or you've walked away from him, and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen.